0: We have um, been in kind of a a season of navigating through after the the passing away of our founder. If you're new uh, to grace and peace, you might not know that. Some of you who who are long timers, uh, that impacts you and affects you uh, much more. Um, And Pastor Jim had, had said in the initial weeks, he would take those messages and we all said, yeah, we... Rightfully, you should, and he's handled and navigated what the Lord wanted to minister to us, and then uh, Pastor Ralph handled a few, and, and thank you guys, just incredible, incredible, right on. We've just heard from the Lord, we've been uh, encouraged and, and, and nourished and even warned at times, and it's just all been done with such a heart of grace and 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 a right division of the word of truth and a spirit of humility and integrity. And I I personally thank you for that. And so in the dialogues that um, uh, went on behind the scenes, uh, I was asked to fill a few spots and it just worked out that I had Sunday morning. If you didn't hear that message, please get a hold of that message. It's a vital message that the Lord wanted us to hear. And then I had tonight. And so, and then... uh, after, after the end of this week, we're going on vacation for two weeks. Woo-hoo. So we're, we're ready to get away. Pray for us as we travel. We're going to go see my family in Iowa and then some family in South Dakota and Mount Rushmore and the Black Hills. And so we're just excited about getting away and, and getting with family and getting with the Lord. But anyway, I knew when Pastor Jim had tapped me for these two, two uh time slots to speak that um, the Lord wanted something, wanted to minister some significant things and I wasn't sure uh, what it was but I came across uh, a topic that we've addressed to some degree in many of the messages and it was regarding loss it was regarding um, responding to loss and I knew at that time before I even wrote the sermon for Sunday that this had to be the Wednesday night you know, when you just know the Lord just says, okay, that's, that's for that. I set it aside. I didn't really look at it. I didn't look in, in detail. I didn't search the scriptures. I just said, okay, Lord, I know that's what we'll be talking about. And, and I knew um, it wouldn't be real heavy, but it's still something that still needed to be addressed because we're in the season. So understand that that's how it unfolded, how the Lord laid it on my heart, and how you're now receiving it, both here in the room. And on the live stream, or if you watch on the playback. And I think tonight is significant because God wants to do something specific after this message. I'm, I've already um, alerted Jim and Cynthia that they will come back up and we'll have a time just to worship and let God uh, just knit our hearts together, let Him minister to us in the way that He uh, wants to. Amen. So, you're going to hear some similarities to Sunday's message, but this message is, focuses in on the topic of loss specifically. Um, the title is, How to Respond to Life's Losses. Um, I think you'll notice as I, as I deliver it that this message has a unique voice to it, uh, totally distinct from the one I brought Sunday. This isn't going to be the longest message ever, and I know... Uh, now on Wednesdays we have some wiggle room because we don't want to get out too early for the kids ministry so um, I'm going to try to just pace this out so that we're in step with the Lord and we have time to respond and worship Um, this can really minister to anyone at any time struggling with loss but it's really timely in light of the passing of our founding pastor Walt Healy And I want you to know, I believe with every fiber of my being, he would want us to hear this message tonight, and he would want us to pull on God's grace to apply it to our lives. Uh, So here we go. It's sobering to think that absolutely nothing is permanent. The pandemic and more recently, the passing of Pastor Walt has brought with it a season of tragedy and loss. And it reminds us how quickly we can lose anything, even our health and those we love. Uh, For many of us, Pastor Walt's passing away left us with more than just a sense of losing him as a man or as a person. Uh, He became connected to everything that we've experienced at this church. And so when he left, uh, there could be this feeling that the church as they knew it had had disappeared and was gone forever. Um, And in keeping with that, then there becomes a sense that all the best experiences that we have had, um, both in the spiritual and in the natural, including friendships and relationships, they've all now somehow been tainted with what has gone, with a memory of what was better then and that we won't get that back now. And I want to insert in here my personal uh, thought that uh, I remember when I mourned the passing of my father, some of those same things tried to cling to me. It wasn't just mourning the fact that he was gone. Everything that I remembered, all the precious memories of of where I grew up, and, and it just seemed like the finality of that was so hard to come to bear with. And so it's a layer upon layer, and you're feeling that. The church is feeling that, and people are feeling that. And so the grip of this kind of framework, uh, as I want to call it, and thinking can be very strong, and before we know it, it can take an unhealthy hold on us. Did you hear me? Before you know it, it could take an unhealthy hold. So it would be important to learn from God's Word how to recover from any lingering feeling of loss. We want to know a pathway out. You might be feeling it now, but you want to know the pathway out, right? Um, I believe as we sincerely ask God for help, he will respond and move us into a place of full recovery in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. It reminds me of the story of David when um, he was attacked and, and there was violence and aggression done to his family and they were taken, and he said this, I will recover all. So at the center of it, the heart inside us says we won't be held back or ensnared by anything the enemy wants to hold but we will recover all we will move ahead the church will see the shining glorious days that God has intended so tonight we're going to look at five principles or you could call them steps on how to recover from life's losses first we need to agree on two basic things about life before we look at the five keys can we do that tonight Number one, it's obvious that life is unfair. Life is not a fairy tale where they all live happily ever after. Ecclesiastes 8.14 says, Sometimes something useless happens on earth, but things happen to, bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. How many of you have observed this? It's life. We don't always get what we deserve in life, So let's put away the myth that bad things happen to us because we're bad. And good things come because of our goodness. Neither is true. We do not live in a perfect world. Yet heaven awaits. Heaven is perfect. In Luke 13, Jesus referred to two events of his day. He pointed to the innocent people butchered while they were worshiping in the tower that fell and killed 18. The question was, was it because of sin? His answer was no. Not everything bad that happens to you is your own fault. It is true that we reap what we sow and many of our problems we have brought on ourselves. But sometimes you're an innocent victim. You get hurt when you don't deserve it. You have losses that are unexplainable. And we'll be looking at what to do with those things. So the second thing we need to agree on The second basic thing is this. Not everything that happens, hear me, is God's will. The Bible says God is not the author of evil. Don't blame God for all the bad things. He's grieving as much as you are. Do you know that? He could stop the drive-by shootings. He could stop the senseless violence. But then he would take away their freedom to choose. And if he took away their freedom, he could take yours also. God will not force his will on us. The Bible says it is God's will that every person come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, that we develop a personal relationship with him, that we be saved and we go to heaven. Obviously, people and things don't always comply. That's why we pray, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, it's done perfectly. (laughs) Some things we're, we're just not going to understand until we get to heaven. And I'm looking forward to, to knowing completely then. But I can give you five things the Bible says to do to handle the losses of life. Here we go. Number one. Release my grief as the first step on the road to recovery. Tragedy always produces strong emotions, anger, fear, depression, worry, or guilt. And these feelings are scary and we don't know what to do with them. Yet, if we don't deal with them now, they will rule until we do. Some of you never deal with grief. You stuff it down and pretend it's not there. Then 30 years later, you're still struggling with emotional stress from losses of long ago involving your parents, a former partner, a friend who betrayed you, or some hurt that you've held on to. There's a myth That says, God wants me to have a smile on my face all the time. I should never be sad, grieve, or hurt. Jesus taught the exact opposite. In Matthew 5, he said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's okay to grieve, we just don't grieve like the world. What do you do with your feelings? Good question. You must release your grief. Don't repress it, don't stuff it, don't rehearse it. Go over and over in your mind, let it get a hold of you, but release it, cry out to God. I hurt, Lord, I'm grieving. This is too tough to take. David is a good example in Psalms. He spilled his guts regularly. Psalm 62, verse 8, pour out your heart to God for he is our refuge. In Psalm 34:18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When you're going through a loss, if you don't release your grief, it won't release you. This is powerful. If you don't release your grief, it won't release you. It will fester and hurt you more as well as frequently hurting others. So secondly, number two, I must receive from others. That is often difficult for many of us to receive. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens. And the New Century Version says, by helping each other with your troubles, you obey the law of Christ. Wow. Wow. It's a human tendency when hurt to draw into a shell, build a wall, and say, I don't want to be around people right now. I'm hurting too much. That's exactly the opposite of what you need. In a season of loss, you need the support of other people and also their perspective. You won't see the whole picture because your pain narrows your focus. Others help you see the big picture. So release your grief and let other people minister to you. Help, comfort, offer suggestions, sit and grieve with you. This is one of the reasons God created the church. Amen? We are a family and we are to care for each other. That's why we tell you, the leadership has told you, and will continue to tell you, get in a small group. Get those relational bridges in place before the time of loss. Hebrews 12, 15a in the Living Bible, look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's blessings. Part three, what can we do? Refuse to be bitter. Job of all people had a reason to be bitter. Job 21, verse 25, some people have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. You have to decide whether you want to be bitter or happy. When bitterness is in your heart, happiness walks out the back door and vice versa. It's a choice, bitter or better. Way back, if you think, when Hurricane Sandy hit, there were two responses. Some said, we're going to pick up and start over. We've lost it all, but we're going to move on. And others said, my life is over. It's the end of the world. See the difference? Happiness is a choice. There is absolutely no correlation between your happiness and your circumstances. We've all seen people who were in terrible situations maintain an incredibly positive attitude and go on to succeed and be fulfilled and find meaning and purpose in life. And I've seen others who had nothing major gone wrong in their life, yet every morning they rise and wine you're as happy as you choose to be rise and shine is a choice you can learn to be joyful in any situation if you refuse to be bitter it's like this observation i complained i had no shoes until i met a man who had no legs it's a matter of perspective hebrews 12:15b the new living says, "Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Refuse to be bitter in the losses of life. How do you do that? Here's two quick things: Accept what cannot be changed. Job 11:13 and then 16 says, "Reach out to God, then face the world again, firm and courageous." See, faith is not pretending something isn't really bad. It isn't denying reality. It's refusing to be discouraged in the face of circumstance. refusing to be discouraged in spite of the problem. Sometimes the only way to manage an unmanageable situation is through acceptance of it. You might know this prayer. Lord, help me to accept the things that can't be changed change the things that can be changed and the wisdom to know the difference. Accept what can't be changed. The second part of that idea is focus on what's left, not what's lost. First Thessalonians 518, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you. This is not being thankful for the problem. But for what you do have, and especially that God is with you and can bring good even out of the bad. Your past is past, and nothing is going to change it. Not worrying about it, not resenting it, not being bitter about it, not rehearsing it over and over. You need to choose to focus on God's goodness. So maybe you're depressed and discouraged about a problem in your life tonight. The antidote is gratitude. Look at what's left. Make a list of things you're grateful for and watch the clouds of depression begin to vanish. You can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. Number four. Still, still with me tonight? Doing good? Drink this in. This is, this is medicine for our hearts tonight. I need to remember what's important in the season of loss. Losses and tragedies have a way of putting everything into perspective. They clarify your values and help you figure out some priorities. You realize what matters most. Luke 12, 15. Life is not measured by how much one owns. So don't confuse your net worth with your self-worth, your possessions with your position, this is good stuff, in Christ. What you're living on with what you're living for. Don't confuse those. There's a big difference. In the season of loss, you need to clarify your values and remember what's really important. What's going to last. So 1 Timothy 6 verse 7, we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Back in 1996, Pastor Walt experienced a terrible house fire. But the most important thing, the lasting thing, His family was preserved. And God was faithful to restore all the enemy had attempted to destroy in the ensuing months and years after that. For real security, you have to build your life on something that can't be taken from you. Listen to that. For real security, you have to build your life on something that can't be taken from you. Can a job be taken? Can your health be taken? Can you lose the person you love, your youthful beauty? Think about it. For ultimate security, you must build your life on something that cannot be taken away, your relationship with God. Jesus says, they are in my hands and no man can pull them out. Amen. Amen. So number five, rely on Christ rely on Christ this is the secret of strength and the losses of life Paul says in Philippians four thirteen, I have learned notice there it wasn't automatic he learned the secret of being happy at any time in everything that happens I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength Notice. Thank you, Lord. It's not I can do all things because I listen to motivational messages and psych myself up. In major losses of life, that is not enough. Your key to crisis control—oh, there's some gems in here. Your key to your key to crisis control is Christ control. Your key to crisis control is Christ control. How do I rely on Christ when I go through this season of loss? Okay? Do three things. Three things. A, lean on Christ for stability. Your first need in any disaster or crisis of life is stability. Amen? A major loss always knocks us for a loop. Our bearings get mixed up. Our feet are knocked out from under us. You get stability by leaning on something stronger than you. Jesus Christ. Psalm 125.1. Those who trust in the Lord are as steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstances. Mm. You need to last yourself to the rock of our salvation. Isaiah 26, 3. You, Lord, give true peace to those who depend on you. In a crisis, you can either panic or pray. Those are your options. Psalm 112, verse 6 and 7. Such a person will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. He doesn't fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen for he is settled in his mind that God will take care of him. Are you settled in your mind? You're in good hands with Jesus Christ. Lean on him for stability. Second way to rely on Christ when I go through a season of loss. Listen to Christ for direction. The second greatest need in a season of loss is guidance. What do I do next? What now? What's the next step? God wants to help you with that. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. You just need to say, we just need to say, church, God, lead me, guide me, tell me what to do in the next step. God's plan for your life is greater than your obstacles. God cares. Not only does he care, he has the power and your best interest in mind. Oh, Oh, we struggle with that. He's got your best interest in mind. I was reflecting today how many things I thought I needed to do or wanted to do or did my own way and when I looked back I was like you knucklehead God has your best interest you don't know what's good for you do you realize that? He does He does and then the third part under that is this look to Christ for salvation listen it's all about salvation salvation literally is freedom liberty deliverance, restoration, help, wholeness. God will deliver you. He will set your feet on solid ground and start you on a new path. With Jesus Christ, no situation is hopeless. He's the hope of the world, but he's the hope of your world. He's the hope in your situation, in the midst of your loss, your crisis, your tragedy, your disaster our loss of Pastor Walt, our uncertainty about the future. Psalm 46, 2. God is our protection and our strength, for he always helps in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid even if the earth shakes or the mountains fall into the sea. Second Corinthians 1 and 10 says, we were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. You ever feel like that? We saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, but that was good, for then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us, and he did help us and saved us, and we expect him to do it again and again. We're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to ask Jim and Cynthia to stand ready. We're going to pray a prayer together. There's two more scriptures of encouragement. And then I have some closing remarks I want to share with you about this message. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, just make a place of prayer where you are online. And I'm going to say a small portion of this and I'm going to give you space to repeat. Okay, because I think it's that important. Dear God, you know how much I hurt. You know the stresses that are really getting to me in my life. I need your help. I want to release my grief, my hurt, my bitterness, all the jumbled emotions that I feel. The fear about the future, the guilt about the past. I want to give it all to you. I ask you to help me. I want to lean on you, Jesus, for stability. I want to listen to you for direction. I want to look to you for deliverance from my situation. Help me to remember what's important in life. Help me to be grateful for what I've got and not focus on what I've lost. Help me to rely on you. I want you to come into my life today and make me the person You want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. As we pray that out of the sincerity of our heart, God has something to now work with. Our faith, our desire, he can help us now move past where we are. Romans fifteen thirteen. may the God of hope fill you with all joy that by the power of the Holy Spirit your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. I want my, out, my whole life and outlook to be radiant with hope. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 13 for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me We're going to do that tonight. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Listen, after I finish these comments, we're going to seek the Lord. And he said we would find him. We're going to seek the Lord with all our heart. With the time that we have left, you can leave if you have to. But we're going to stay for a little bit longer. I want to tell you what you just heard was not a sermon that I wrote. It was written by Pastor Walt Healy. preached this sermon on March 10th, 2013 at our special restoration Sunday service. It was in the wake of Hurricane Sav- uh, Sandy which ravaged our region on October 29th, 2012. A couple weeks back, I was <clears throat> I was process- processing through what had happened in I wanted to make sure anything Pastor Walt ever sent me was never lost. I had a bunch of emails that he sent. And all these messages were in there and I just started putting them in a folder. Precious before they just became priceless. (laughs) See, he's not there anymore just to call. I can't just pull him aside and glean from his wisdom. It's what he gave us that we have now, that's going to carry us into the future. And that's why when I came across this one message out of the many, I knew I had to share it tonight. I knew I had to share it. and if you notice some of the similarities between what I spoke on Sunday and tonight, it made me realize how deeply impacted I was by his teaching. (laughs) Because I just poured out what he poured into me. we can just hear from his heart that he would want us to handle this the way this message was preached we can deal with loss and we can move on and we can see what God has for us amen it may not start tomorrow Not saying we're done grieving or this is over by any stretch. But thank you, Pastor Waltz. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Lord. giving us your word through him. I just want to invite you tonight to make an altar at your seat or come down here. You might need to process some stuff like I am right now and I would encourage you just to process, release it, let it go. As As they lead us in some worship right now, I just want to pray for for a minute. Lord, I pray that every hardened heart is softened. That anyone who is just put walls up. Lord, I pray those are just exploded and melted by your love, a revelation of your love. Because I was just crying out to God back there, just weeping before him for so many things. I asked him to touch the water that had become bitter so that it would become sweet and pure again. I said, Holy Spirit, stir the waters. Stir the waters so we can jump in and find healing. Let the waters be stirred up again, Lord. Let the waters of revival be stirred again. Lord, could we just see a body of believers racing each other to the cross, falling on our faces at the feet of Jesus, While his blood just pours out over us, we say we surrender. We surrender. We let it go. We let it go. The Holy Spirit is very efficient he can knock this thing out in one powerful move and I would just say let him touch your heart if something doesn't get resolved tonight in this room I I implore you I ask you just to go home and seek God set your face like flint towards heaven and say Lord I want to be pure before you I want to be righteous, I want to walk in righteousness, I want to walk in holiness, I'm not messing around anymore, I'm not living life on my own terms, I'm giving it all to you. I have no opinions that matter, I have no platforms that need to stand before you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. I will hold my peace, I will not speak out of turn, I will not speak against your church or your people. But I surrender all. Just ask you to heal every heart here, Lord. Just let it, let it go, let it go. Do you have anything else, Cynthia? Do you have any words stirring you need to release? Good? Good. All right, well, thank you, Father. Just seal us tonight. a kiss from heaven. We're humble before you. We're contrite before you, Lord. Do in us what you need to do in us. Be in us who you need to be in us. Move through us how you need to move through us. Thank you for this time together. Thank you that this, along with all the other times we're gathered and we meet, would just be remembered as significant as our walk with you as our history and our legacy of your anointing in this region you have a call and an anointing on this region that is without repentance, it will not relent, it cannot be squashed it cannot be it cannot be spoken against by any frail words of man it's here and it has to come forth it has to come to to fruition we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus come, 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 come forth come forth the regional anointing and apostolic calling on this house will stand it will not be diminished it will grow strong and last until Jesus comes and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.